Hey, greetings, Apostle Lewis here with you, and I am the senior leader of the Gate Church, and I just want to invite you uh, into what God is doing right now at our church, and, and, and I want to invite you that you enter into it even in your own home and your daily activities. You know, we go after revival, and, and we go after the presence of God hard at the gate, and we've been on a 30-day journey in the month of January, which we are continuing to February, and the goal is to continue it forever, but it's just uh, month by month focusing on seeking His face and His presence, and it people sometimes when they go after revival, um, they look for it in one meeting, and they look for God to do something in one meeting, and if you're going to live by a culture revival, you pursue through the ribbon or through the through the finish line and the breakthrough, and you just keep going and going. And yesterday morning at the gate was a very precious moment as the presence of the Lord filled the place, and people were being touched and um, and moved by God's presence. And through worship and 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 in prayer, we actually started. Um, we we kind of we always meet at nine thirty to begin prayer. And God started to move at about 9.40 in the place. We normally don't turn on our Facebook uh, feed until 10, but I felt something was stirring and I wanted to capture it. And so it is available for you to watch as God's uh, the worship uh, began to uh, rise up and people began to sing to the Lord and, and worship him and the presence of God came in. The joy of the Lord started to fill the place. And that's just the beginning. You might go, well, that wasn't full blown out. Yeah. This is, I've been down this road before when you're going after something to know that um, as long as you keep pressing in and pressing, it will increase. It will increase. I, I always go back to my days back in uh, 93 when Rodney, um, you know, it certainly was glorious the first night, but the first night was just a trickle. And then as by a week, it had some momentum. By two weeks, it was on fire. By four weeks, we were lost in the glory, you know. And you have to, you have to uh, understand, and my admonishment to everyone, uh, church family and those watching, is that you just keep pressing in. You keep pressing in. Whether you go to a different church or not, it's not the point. You, you seek the Lord because the Lord is looking to awaken his bride. He is looking for a people who are hungry for more than what they have, more what they've been used to, more of, more of him in the full measure of what he has to offer us. And I want to invite you to that. I want you to tell you that we're in a very wonderful season right now, even with all the chaos, which all the chaos on the outside, all the shaking that's going on is a sign to me that God is God's doing it. He is shaking um he is he is um, shaking the um, atmosphere of revolution. Now I'm not talking about armed revolution. I'm talking about revolution. I'm talking about change, um, and he's doing that. And something that I've been prophesying about since uh, uh, around 2010. So, or so 2009 actually. I've been prophesying about it. So, it's something that I want you to know that this is what is coming. Now, I'm not talking about armed revolution, but I'm talking about a shift in the governments of the earth, a shift in the uh, structures in the earth, a shift uh, in darkness getting displaced, and the church is to arise and shine, and she first must seek his face and never stop. That can never be the stop. The, you know, we can never stop doing that. And I, I want to tell you this because I've been places where 
they've pulled back, where people have drawn themselves back and they didn't think um, they had to have the same intensity. They had to keep pushing in. But I was asked recently, what, what stops revival? And I go, well, it's not God. To, to sit there and think that God doesn't want to pour himself out. He did everything. You know, Jesus, the, the, you know, the promise of the covenant, the new covenant, was the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Peter says this in 3. This is the promise that it's for you and your children for as many as the Lord may call. This is the promise for us that we would live in that open heaven atmosphere of his presence being poured out upon us, filling us every time we come to him in prayer, but every time we gather as a people, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, that God may build for himself a spiritual house with us, his living stones fitting us together so that he can, uh, you know, kind of um, fill the temple of his people when they gather together. That's why it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Because if you don't want to assemble, you can't make the ultimate temple of God, which is not me by myself. It is me by myself, but it's not ultimately that. It's me with the brethren. It's me. You know, the, the blessing flows when the brethren dwell in unity. And so I want you to understand that. I want you to be excited. And, and if you're hungry, if you're at a place where you just want to experience, come and visit us once in a while at the gate at UNF and come and experience it. Come in hungry. Come in thirsty. Because the thing that stops revival, the thing that will Always, because not the only thing that could stop revival, but the thing that could stop revival is this. There is no more vessels to fill. In other words, the people are satisfied. And when the people are satisfied, they don't press in. When they don't press in, there's no oil to be poured out. It's the story of Elisha when he tells the widow and and to go get, you know, she says, you know, I love the story. Uh, my My husband, you know, uh, your servant, he dead, you know, and they're coming to get all uh, that we have because he was in debt, and they're coming to take everything. They're going to come and take my kids and make them uh, servants and slaves, and and um, until the debt's paid off. And 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 then Elisha tells her, "What do you have?" She says, "Man, I just have, I just have this little jar of oil. I want to tell you something. You have that jar of oil." We all do. It's called the Holy Spirit. We have this jar of oil. Now, what most people don't realize is that jar of oil is limitless. It's limitless. It will never run out, ever, if we keep pouring out. It is limitless. It is God himself. And that jar will never, ever run out if we will pour ourselves out into thirsty, hungry vessels. She is told to gather as many. Now, I'm going to give you an example of this. And I, want to, I want to show you this. I want to show you this from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I want to show you this. I'm going to read it to you in the Old. I'm going to show you an example of this in the New that's going to be glorious to you. It says this, it says, when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, and, and then you will pour out, pour it out into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So when she went in, uh, went from him, she shut the door behind her and her sons who brought vessels to her 
and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. What was, what's, what's the picture here? As long as there was vessels, as long as there was someone to be poured into. Now you go, Lou, I'm already filled. Yeah, so am I. But what God does, and I, I used to talk about this all the time, it's like a balloon. You know, when you get a balloon, it's this little balloon, you know, maybe it has a little egg shape on it. It's a little balloon. Go go take that and put it under the, wrap it around the nozzle of your kitchen sink and just turn on the water. What happens to that balloon? It begins to expand. That's what happens as God begins to fill you. See, the wineskin's like this, but when the, God starts filling the wineskin, it expands. And see, what you think is full is not. It just requires more filling. It just requires, and it will, it's not that you're not full, but there's more capacity in God for it to expand out more, for it to increase more. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for us. He wants to keep expanding. You're never too full for God, but you can be satisfied in yourself. So you never want to get to that point where enough's enough. It's never enough. It's always more, Lord. More for me. So I want you to turn with me. I want you to turn with me. Into a... I'm going to take a little liberty here, but turn to Acts chapter 10. <clears throat> and let's, let's see. Let's see what God does in Acts chapter 10. And if it gives any resemblance what happened in, in uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. Now, <clears throat> there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian regiment. Go Italians. A devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and, and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? He said, And so he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Now, I want to tell you that Cornelius is just like uh, uh, this widow and her sons. They're bankrupt without God. They're bankrupt. He knows it. He's he, he there's there because remember we're dead in our trespasses and sins until Christ. We are living in a dead life without Christ. Everyone who everyone who without Christ is the living dead. They're walking in their trespasses and sins, and they're actually scripturally known as dead in their sins. Ephesians chapter 2. But when we come to Christ, that is our first resurrection. Now, listen to what happens. And the following day, they intercessory. Now, Cornelius was waiting for them, and he called together his relatives and close friends. You know what Cornelius did? He went and got, he, he number one, he knows there's going to be a pouring out of something. He doesn't know what it is. He does not know what it is. She doesn't know. You know, she is hoping, she has faith, the widow woman. She has faith that when she pours out this oil, it's going to do something. 
Cornelius is told by the angel, send for Peter. He will tell you what you must do. And it's not just enough for me. I'm going to gather as many as I can. So he gathers his, his uh, relatives and his close friends. It's amazing. Peter was coming in, Chris Mountain fell down on his feet, worshiped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. God, thank you for the hungry. God, thank you for the thirsty ones. <clears throat> he says this. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company or Go to one another, to, to another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? Cornelius, four days ago, and he tells him the story. He says this. Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But even every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. Now to all the people, not, all the, not, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judged, to judge of the living and the dead. And to him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive the remissions of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that they should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? All right, what's the analogy here? Well, when she's told to um, get the vessels, you know, he doesn't tell her, get the best vessels, only get certain vessels, right? He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't tell her, you know, only get, you know, royal vessels. He doesn't tell her, only get Jewish vessels. You know, he tells her, he says, get vessels. What's the moral of the story? God's not... God doesn't show partiality. He'll fill the vessel in front of him. He'll fill that person in front of him who's hungry and thirsty 
for him. And Peter's job, our job as Christians, is to pour ourselves out. How is he pouring out? He's pouring out the testimony that he's been given by the Holy Spirit. He is actually pouring out what you don't realize what Peter is actually doing, is he is pouring himself out in testimony and testifying of the resurrection. He's pouring out what he has obtained from God, and it begins to fill the vessels. I'm telling you, folks, God is... God, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you, are you in, I don't want to say like I'm desperate because I don't want to denote to you that I'm not living in communion, but I'm desperate. The more of God, the more I want, the more I taste, the more I want to eat, the more I see, the more I want to open my eyes. I, I, I want to know if that's you. I want to know if that's you. See, with all the rancor out there of trying to tear down Christians and political spirits and religious spirits and trying to kill the prophets and all that, stay free. I tell people, I get calls all the time from people about this. And I, my, and I always tell them, keep your heart clean. Don't get entangled with this stuff. It's not a good spirit. It's rottenness to the bone. It will lead you astray from what you truly desire with God. Don't go down that road. Just stay free from it. Just stay free from it. That's what I tell them all the time. Stay free. If you don't stay free, you're going to get entangled with a different spirit. And you're going to miss what God is doing now. I've known people through the last 30 years who have missed revival repeatedly because they got bitter, because um, they got something in their craw about something. They left the church and revival pours out and they couldn't humble themselves and go back in there and seek it out. And they just missed it. God doesn't pour, pour himself out because we're so perfect. Doesn't do it. Pours us out because we're hungry. If you hunger and thirst, you'll be filled. And the other thing is you got to make room. That's that, How do you make room? I'm going to teach you a, a, a spiritual principle that might help you. And it's something I've told, told my church for years. In worship, my job is to empty myself through worship. Empty myself. In other words, my, my thing is to empty my vessel of praise. To, to don't leave anything left in there. Just offer it all up to him. Offer myself up to him. And then allow him to respond. One of the biggest problems in churches of not having revival is they make no room for Holy Spirit. And, I, and I've, I've learned to make room for the Holy Spirit. I make room for him in my life. I make room for him in my meetings. I make room for him. I'm willing to ruin a tape to wait on him. I'm willing to sit there and just go, I'll wait on you. Yesterday was one of those beautiful mornings and we're still going after at the gate for the next 28 days. Whether you're at the gate, whether you're part of Lewis DC and the ministries, whatever, that's where I'm focused for the next 28 days. So I hope that you're hungry. I'm hoping that you're thirsty. I'm hoping that this kind of makes a little bit more room in you, that you might see that there's more coming. 
Join us Sunday mornings at UNF uh, uh, here in Jacksonville. You can find us online on the on Facebook. Uh, we do stream it. Uh, we start at prayer at 9.30, and if it gets hot, we go. You know, we don't stop. So we normally finish worship around somewhere between 10.15 and 10.30, just depending on it. We don't have a time set for anything. We just kind of flow with God. That's not what everyone's used to. I get that, but it's what Holy Spirit's used to. So we just do that, and we don't we make room for him again. That's part of the deal. We're just making room for him. So God bless you. And let me pray over you before I sign off with you here. Father, I thank you right now. Father, we love you. We worship you. And I desire, Father, that you just continue to pour yourself out on us, Father. That you continue to pour yourself out on your people in this great time of revival, this great season of revival, Lord. I thank you. Thank you for it, O Lord. Thank you for it, O Lord. May you pour out. May you pour out, Lord. May you pour out. Holy Ghost, you're so good to us. Pour out upon your people. Lord, I ask that the that you invade their night with visions and dreams and encounters of you. I ask that you guard over them, but that you send angelic messengers, giving them messages and visions and, and encounters, Lord. I pray that you guard them from evil, but that you open up to them the deep riches of the kingdom. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. God bless you. God bless pour himself out upon you. May he lift up his countenance and give you peace. And may he be gracious to you. God bless you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.